Let's worship the Lord as we sing together the hymn 80. Once in royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother led her baby in a manger for his bed. Let's stand and sing.
The psalm for today is Psalm 51. <coughs> this is David's penitential prayer uh, after his sin with Bathsheba. And he cries to the Lord for mercy. And there is mercy with God. Let's think of the words as we read them before prayer. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thy God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Amen. Very powerful psalm, isn't it? We are thinking of those that are or have been in hospital. And we think of Margaret Carey's in hospital, James Wallace, Eamon Keane. He's back into hospital this morning. Derek McLaughlin and Anastasia Sukhar is over in Ukraine and in need of surgery. And these are all folks that we want to remember at the throne of grace in prayer. Let's seek the Lord together. Loving and eternal Heavenly Father, in the quietness of this moment we approach unto God Most High, the one who is seated upon his eternal throne, who rules and governs in the nations of the world, and in a very personal way rules and governs in his church. For Christ is the King and the only head of his church. We are his body, he is the head. We thank Thee for that blessed union that we have, that we enjoy with our God. We have been united to Christ forevermore. And how we bless Thee for that day of salvation when the Holy Spirit entered and we were born of God. Thank Thee for the experience of the new birth, the knowledge of sins forgiven, to be able to say in the very depths of our heart, it is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, O oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, 
my sin not in part, but the whole is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. And we can sing and shout with praise in our hearts, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. As we meet here at our worship service, we are desperately in need of the presence of God. Without the Lord, we meet in vain, we know that. Without the Spirit speaking to our hearts, we meet in vain. And so from the outset, settle our minds and our hearts down before God. Give us that ability to draw near through Christ to our God today and to worship him from our hearts, to love him with our souls, to bless him with every part of our being, even as we, we sing today. And we're singing so many of these hymns that remind us of the incarnation, how that he came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. And we thank you afresh for the coming of Christ into the world, for that moment when Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, became man, joined himself to our humanity in the womb of the Virgin Mary for the great purpose of being the Savior of the world. We know that he was born we know that he lived upon this earth from his childhood, keeping the law that we had broken. We know that he had a three and a half year ministry before he was crucified. And we thank you today for all the knowledge that we have of God's dear son in the wonder of his person and in the greatness of his works. And we thank you especially for the great work of salvation in going to the cross pouring out his life's blood for the remission of our sins. Lord, we pray that Christ will abide with us today and that he will speak to every waiting heart. We've mentioned these names, Lord, who need particular prayer, James, Margaret, Eamon, Derek, and Anastasia also. You know them personally. You know their need, their circumstances, their individual problem and Lord we just commit them in love to thee and we pray for the touch of God in their lives and for the presence of the Savior to be with them for you promise never to leave your children nor forsake them. Lord we remember Mrs. Gordon today we have heard of this injury that she has sustained and this illness that has overtaken her and we pray that thou will be with her and that thou wilt comfort her and help her. So continue with us now in this service. Pour out the Spirit of God upon us and help us to uplift the name of our dear Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. Joy to the world is number 77 in the hymn book. And what is that joy? The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing.
come to part two of our little Christmas quiz, which deals with questions to the children centering upon the incarnation of Christ when the Lord came into this world. And we, we need those to see the first hand on this side and the first hand on that side. Uh, the Bible says regarding deacons that you're to look out for men of honest report. So maybe Ivor on this side and Erwin on this side, if you can look out for the first hand. And being the age that you are, we're not expecting you to run. Uh, so we'll get two runners to help out. And uh, Anastasia, do you understand me? You can be the runner on this side to, to give out the, the prize. And uh, who can we have this side? Rebecca, you're being voted from the back. <laughs> so, okay, if you girls would come and get the, the prizes. Two dare bars on each, each box all the way from Romania, okay? Anastasia, come. Rebecca, that's you. Or this side, okay? Thank you very much. You remember last week, the questions ended around Emmanuel and what the name of Emmanuel meant. And uh, I'm not sure if we got to question 12, what Old Testament prophet foretold of his name. Did we, I think we finished there, didn't we? The right, Philip, with Isaiah. Okay, finishing with Isaiah last week, I want to ask this question. Can you tell me, this is a hard question, can you tell me any prophecy from Isaiah to do with Christ. Anything that we read about in the book of Isaiah about the Lord coming into the world, whether it's from his birth to his death. So that, that should make it easier. Is there some young person this side? We're looking for someone. Think of Isaiah 53. Think of Isaiah 7, 9, We got some on this side, didn't we? What did they answer? Okay, very good. No takers this side. We've got one now. Go for it. Next question. What did Mary wrap the baby Jesus in? Okay. I'm relying upon our men of honest report to, to receive the right answer. Swaddling clothes would be acceptable or something like that. What was Jesus led in? What was he put into as a baby? Yep. Both sides. Well done. Who were the first people to be told about the birth of Jesus? They were looking after sheep, weren't they? 
How did the shepherds react when they saw the angel? What was their response? Were they happy? Okay. We're good to go. Who did the angel tell them was born? One word will do beginning with S as something which is Christ the Lord. Okay. What do you call what do you call the old man in the temple who saw the infant Christ? An old man. <clears throat> we referred to him this morning in the early time of prayer. Begins with S. <coughs> Pardon me. Okay, and the final question, what do you call the old woman that was there? There's a lady here today by this name, but she's not old. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Did you, did you welcome? <coughs> Pardon me. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Anastasia, Irwin, and Ivor for doing what you did. Glad to see all who have come to God's house today and those that are joining us on the internet. Let me bid you welcome. Thank you. Just of a matter of interest, on this side, the fudges were the least popular. And on that side, the crunchies were the least popular. So I think there were the same amount of things in, in both. Do remember this afternoon, <coughs> pardon me, the carol service, or the carol singing. Knockin' Lodge is at three o'clock, and the Covenanters flats at a quarter to four. And that should give us time to get down to the Covenanters flats in between times. We appreciate those that come and participate and play for us. Thank you. Christmas carol service is at 7 tonight. Members of the church will take part. There's special singing and the reading of God's Word, and I'll be here, God willing, to preach. Supper will be served, and ladies, you know what you've been asked to bring. Thank you again in anticipation. The prayer time is 6.30. Then on Tuesday morning, the Senior Fellowship Christmas Tea is at 11 o'clock. If you're a senior, you fit into that uh, category. We would be delighted to have you as a special morning and you come and enjoy everything that's laid on for you. In the evening time, there's a few shut-ins. If our carol singers are able uh, to come and join us on Tuesday night at 7, we'll do that and then uh, come back, as we do in the past, to the manse for something to eat. Wednesday morning is the Christmas service of our school, and that's at 10 o'clock. 
and just to say that everyone who is free, welcome to come to that special meeting. 10 o'clock Wednesday morning. In the evening time, it's the church Christmas dinner. And so uh, we've more or less finalized the number with the hotel, but if you didn't get your name onto the list and you need to do that, please do it today and you will be included for we will confirm everything with the Lodge Hotel on Monday morning, tomorrow morning. Um, just to say it's 6.30 to 7, for 7, that means you can arrive from 6.30 and the meal will be served punctually at 7. Of course, the earlier you arrive, if you are planning to sit with uh, friends, the better, uh, because as the tables fill up, obviously, then you might have just one or two places here and there. But uh, make sure you've attended to that. On Thursday morning, as we think of our school's ministry, the final assembly of the model school will be held here in this building at a quarter to nine. The model school has around 400 children. If they're all there on the final day, uh, they will be here at the carol service. So I want you to pray for that. Uh, Christina will be coming to speak to the children on Thursday morning. Thursday evening is the midweek at 8 o'clock. And the special prayer on this Thursday is for the children's ministry. Next Lord's Day, prayer meeting, 8 o'clock, Sunday school, 1030 and it will take the form of an open Sunday school. The Bible class at a quarter to 11. Songs for the season is the overall theme, hymns associated with the birth of Christ, and Mervyn will come to Mary's music. The worship service at 12 noon, the family of Jesus is what we've been running with these past few weeks. We come to part three, and then the Christmas Eve service. Please notice as we are encouraging family worship, children to be present, that we've brought forward, uh, because it's Christmas Eve, we've brought forward the meeting to 6 p.m. And again, members of the church will take part. Supper will be served, and ladies, if you can bring mince pies and shortbread, just something simple on Christmas Eve, and then we'll let you get home. Some might need to get home quickly. I have an announcement regarding sunbeams. Help is needed. If any of our members are available, please see Julie. That's Julie McLenahan about this. Um, come January time, there's going to be quite a few children there. And if you can help out, very good. Just leaves for me to say that with regard to our congregation here and our friends, I want to wish you on behalf of our family a happy and a blessed Christmas. And there is uh, a card from our family that we would like every family here to receive if possible and therefore if some of my older grandchildren could be at the door just to give those things out at the end that would be appreciated on behalf of our treasure again uh, envelopes for 2024 are available and they are in the church for you please continue to pray for the sake of the congregation remember the land of ukraine and the land of israel in the midst of all their sad situation of war We've had a young girl, as you discovered on Thursday night, who has arrived in Northern Ireland. Her name is Florentina, and this was Thursday night just before the prayer meeting, and straight over to the prayer meeting, really, and uh, gathered with us on Thursday night. And uh, we're very delighted to have you, Florentina, here 
in Northern Ireland and uh, in her home to spend Christmas with us. And she wants to help. There was a little bit of preparation being done yesterday. And um, this, is, this is something that you would want help with. It was cutting up onions. All right. Something that would make you cry. And there she was, straight in. I want to do this. The pastor that brought Florentina was with us on Thursday night, also Pastor Emmanuel. And on Friday morning, we had the opportunity before he went home to visit our school. And uh, that was a very happy time together. Then yesterday morning, we had our carol service in the center of the town. I want to thank all who, who made the effort to come out and to, to stand with us in the preaching of the gospel and the singing of the carols. Very, very much appreciated. If my mouth was right and my counting was accurate, there were around 40 people there, uh, including children. And thank you again in the Savior's name. We come to bring our offering to the Lord. It's missionary council today and school covenant support. And as we bring our tithes and offerings into God's house and we give them to the Lord in worship, we sing together number 85. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. And then the prayer, in the light of that, O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. I wonder, is there room in your heart for Christ? There's room for everything else, isn't there? All that you do from week to week every day. And even on this Sabbath, it's possible to come to God's house and so many other things are in your heart and Jesus has just been pushed out. Is there room in your heart for the Lord? I trust that your heart's filled with Christ today and there's much room for him. Think of the words as we sing. <clears throat>
Coming back to the same passage of Scripture that we were in last Lord's Day, the first chapter of Luke's Gospel. Let's read these few verses again, verse 26 to 31, and then the two verses, 46 and 47. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. What a wonderful statement. What a tremendous beginning to song. And we're going to pray at this point, ask the Lord to help and direct our way. Our Father, we thank you for our little study in the family of Jesus, the opportunity to consider Joseph, the stepfather, to think of Mary last week and come to her again just now. Thank thee for this wonderful young lady who loved the Lord and was so mightily blessed to be that instrument in the divine hand to bring Christ into the world. We pray that we might consider her thoughtfully, prayerfully, and applicably. For we want to apply to our hearts those things that we can learn from her and seek to emulate all who are godly as they walk with Christ, as they walk like Christ, a godly walk in this world. May that be so of us too. Grant us the Spirit of God for this time, both here in the pulpit and in the pew. The preacher needs God's anointing, and Lord, certainly as we sit and listen, we need the application of your Word by the power of God's Spirit. And so sit with us now and, and do us good. Bless us together in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we began to look at Mary who is the wife and the mother figure in the family of Jesus. And just to recap quickly, we, we thought of how she was highly favored. We read that in verse 28, and it's also alluded to in verse 30. God chose Mary, not another, to convey his beloved son into the world. And in this, she was highly favored. You want to think about that? Of all the hundreds, thousands of humble, godly young women who were from the pious, faithful remnant of the Jews living in the land of Israel at this time, this woman, this one singular girl was so chosen by the Lord to be the appointed one to bring Christ into the world. 
as we thought to bring application to our hearts, we thought about how we are favored, not in the same way as Mary. Only one person could be favored that way. But the Lord has favored us. And we went through some of the scriptures where we read about individuals that were favored in certain ways. We can be favored with the presence of God, with the prosperity of God, with the protection of God, with the partner that God gives to us in this world, and with precious souls being brought to Christ. Then we thought of how she experienced the presence of the Lord. And again, the announcement of the angel in verse 28 simply says, the Lord is with thee. And it's the most precious thing <coughs> to have a, this kind of a line to be written over your life. For the Lord to look down or maybe to send a messenger to you and say, you have the presence of the Lord. God is with you. And we said, don't do anything that would cause him to withdraw his favorable presence or in any way stand at a distance. And you know, it's our sin. It's our sin that separates between us and our God and causes the Lord to, to withdraw that favorable, sensible presence. Don't do anything that would mar that experience of having him with you. And then we finished with how she was blessed among women, not above women, but among others. And we thought of how God has blessed us too, maybe not with such a high and an honorable uh, blessing as Mary enjoyed, but we have been blessed in this world as God's people. And we encourage you to count your many blessings and name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Come to my fourth point. I want you just very simply to see that she was human, possessing natural fears like you and I. Look at verse 29. When she saw him, that's the angel Gabriel, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation or greeting this should be. Matthew Henry speaks about what Mary is experiencing here, this consternation, this fear that is in her heart when he says this, when she saw him and the glories which he was surrounded with, she was troubled at the sight of him and much more at his saying. Had, he, had she been a proud, ambitious young woman that aimed high and flattered herself with the expectation of great things in the world, she would have been pleased at his saying, would have been puffed up with it, as we have reason to think that she was a young woman of very good sense, would have had an answer ready, signifying so much, but instead of that, she is confounded at it, as not conscious to herself of anything that either merited or promised such a great such great blessings, and she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Mary had her fears and her apprehensions, just like you and me. I want to put yourself in her position, even just for a moment. This most glorious and high-ranking angel by the name of Gabriel appeared to this young, poor Jewish girl She's just a teenager, 
Experts reckon maybe 15. The angel announces that Mary is highly favored and she is blessed among women. Indeed, the Lord was with her. And these amazing statements were, were difficult for Mary to process in her mind and heart. I wonder, have we any 15-year-olds here today? Some of our young people, especially the girls, putting yourself in the shoes of Mary, just 15, 14, 15, 16, whatever the case might be. Can you imagine an angel appearing to you and speaking to you in such terms and speaking with great honesty of how blessed that you are and how favored that you are? You might understand if this was a high-ranking Jewish rabbi or his wife, someone with great position and, and standing in the Jewish church, a person of advanced years who has proved themselves over and over again, but a teenager. That's all Mary was. The reaction of Mary show, shows her tremendous humility. She was not puffed up with pride. Such words did not go to her head, as we would say. You might well expect that response from a proud teenager. Oh, Mary was troubled at what the angel said, and she wondered greatly what this could all mean. It reminded me of the song. It's, it's not the application, but it did remind me of the song, Who Am I That a King Should Bleed and Die For? Who am I? I'm nothing. I'm a nobody in this world. And yet I can say in my heart, and I'm sure every Christian feels the same here today, who am I that such a king as Jesus Christ would come into this world and bleed and die for me? It reminds me of, of Gideon, one of Israel's judges that we read about in Judges 8, when an angel appeared to him and said, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor, and then proceeded to inform him that he was to go and save Israel from the Midianites. Gideon reacted in a similar way, my family is poor and I am the least in my father's house. That's how Gideon felt. When the Lord appeared, commissioned him, gave him this responsibility, what a responsibility it was to be the leader in Israel, to be that judge who would deliver the nation from the oppression of the Midianites. This is how Gideon feels in his heart. He's really saying, who am I, Lord? I'm just a poor person, and my family is, is the least family in all of Israel. Why would you choose me? And so it reminds us that not many mighty men are chosen, not many noble. God often chooses the weakest vessels and the poorest individuals, the most unqualified <coughs> in our eyes to do exploits for him. And it's good that when he does choose you or I, that we feel in the honesty of our hearts our inability, our weakness, our insufficiency, our lowliness, better sensing our smallness and our, our meanness and lowliness and, and feeling troubled as Mary did. You know, there are times we are afraid. We are afraid to witness. 
Sometimes it's a very difficult thing just to tell others the gospel and to share the message of Christ with them. We are afraid to, to give a testimony. We are afraid to stand up for the Lord. We are afraid to, to fight some spiritual battle or to obey the Lord in some difficult task that He's asked us to do. And often we sense our inability, don't we? I'm humbled to think of how God has blessed me. And as you sit in church today and you're a child of God and you just ponder over in your mind the blessings that the Lord has given to you, I'm, I'm sure you feel this way. You know, why would God do this for me? Who, who am I? And this is how Mary felt. I want you to notice, and we go down now to verse 46 and 47, those other two verses. I want you to notice that Mary magnified the Lord. And this is what she said. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. This is Mary's song. These are expressions of joy and praise, and God alone is the object of her praise and the center of her joy. She has great reverence and respect for the Lord, and she, she magnifies Him for all things bestowed upon her, especially in choosing her as that vehicle to bring his son into the world. You should study the whole song. I commend it to you. It begins here in verse 46 and goes through to verse 56. So there's about 11 verses there. And you'll discover, and I want you to notice this, that her song is filled with references to the Old Testament Scriptures. And that can only mean one thing. And I want you to keep in mind Mary's age. I want you to know some, some scholars put her as low as just 12 years of age. I reckon her to be 14, 15, 16. But, but keep that in mind as you contemplate uh, what I am saying here. It can only mean one thing. As Mary sings this song, as she quotes the Old Testament so, so often, and as this, Mary had a first-hand knowledge of the Scripture, God's Word. She was, as a young person, conversant in the things of God. She was a diligent student of God's Word. The Scriptures were on her heart and therefore came through in her song. And that truly delights my soul. To, to know way back 2,000 years ago, in an age of darkness, and it was a dark period of time for Israel spiritually, and yet there were faithful people, and there were godly people still standing for the Lord amidst all the corruption that was there. There's this young woman, just a teenager, and my, she knows the Bible, and she knows the Bible through and through. What an example she is to all of us, but what an example she is to our young people in particular. Can I ask our teenagers that are here today, are you a Bible student like Mary? Do you know thoroughly the Holy Scriptures? Are you often in the Word? Do you learn <clears throat> the great precepts of divine truth? Is your heart full of God's precious truth? We ought to mourn over the lack of spiritual knowledge in the nation, and that's to be expected. We look out now into England, Scotland, and Wales, and even our own country here in Northern Ireland, and there is a terrible deficit 
in the knowledge of God's Word. And people just don't know the Bible anymore. And it's true in our schools. It's true among so many young people. But you can expect that. That's the world. That's the ungodly. How can you expect them to know the Word? Many of them don't even have a Bible in their homes. And many of them do not even go to church where the truth of God's Word is proclaimed. How should they know? But listen, the reality is, it's even among God's people, among professing Christians, a real lack when it comes to the knowledge of God's truth. We need to learn and relearn and commit to memory the Word of God and hide it deeply in our hearts. And if we do, it'll be our song as well as it was for Mary. Furthermore, we learn how Mary magnifies the Lord, not herself. Did you notice that? Even in the verses that we read and the rest of the song, there was no pride in this young woman. There was no self-exaltation. There was no self-congratulations. So often when we are blessed with high honors and wonderful blessings, we, we magnify ourselves. But true godliness and true humility looks to the source of the blessing. We are brought to the place we, where we declare how great God is rather than how great we are. She magnifies the Lord. Let us learn from her today. And then it's important to point out she rejoiced in the Savior. Mark it again in verse 47 where she says, where she declares, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. It's important, I think, to point out Mary needed a Savior. Never forget that. Even though she was so young, so pure, so undefiled, so humble, and so lovely, in every way she was still a sinner in the sight of God. We look out into the world and we see terrible wickedness and we can brand people that are deep in sin as great sinners. But let's never forget even those that outwardly are the most moral. They're still sinners in the sight of God and they need a Savior. <coughs> Mary needed to be saved just like any one of us. And here she rejoices in God her Savior. Let us do likewise, especially at this time of the year as we think of the Savior coming, and we ought to remember him 365 days of the year. But now at Christmas, when our thoughts are especially on the incarnation, the coming of Christ, let us do what Mary did and rejoice in God our Savior. And to say or to sing as we do, and it's one of my favorite songs in the book, Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Let us rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, some of you are not saved this meeting, listening in perhaps, you're still in your sin, you're far away from God, despite all the good that could be said about you, just like Mary, you're still a sinner in need of a Savior. And it is my prayer that you will be saved, that you will take Christ as your Redeemer, that you will come to know the great salvation that we find in Him and come to know Him even this day at this time of the year. And then, notice, she sought earnestly for Christ when they thought he was lost. 
And these final points we'll just make briefly. In chapter 2 and verse 48, we read how that Mary and Joseph were amazed. His mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. You know the story here, don't you? It's that one incident that we have in the childhood of Jesus that is mentioned by the gospel writer Luke. He's the only one to mention it. It's the only thing that we know about the childhood of Christ from the time he was an infant until the time he was introduced to, as an adult in his earthly ministry. Just this one incident when he was a boy of 12 and the family had gone to the city of Jerusalem to worship the Lord and they'd left. They're making their journey home, but Jesus had stayed behind and the family had not realized that. And then, of course, they're awakened to go back. The Lord is sitting, talking with the doctors of the law. The Bible tells us that these men were astonished at his understanding and his answers. But as Mary, I want you to see this, this happening here is most challenging and instructive. Learn from it. Mary enjoyed the presence of Christ every day. You want to think about that. From the day he was born right until now, 12 years, the Lord was there every day with Mary. And as they were traveling from Jerusalem, the Bible says they supposed him to have been in the company. Just like we might be on a journey and we've set off or we think we've set off with the whole family. They just thought he was there didn't take any check if he was or was not there. Everybody was now leaving Jerusalem. They were heading home, and they just supposed him, well, well, Jesus must be here. And then they went a day's journey, a whole day, which maybe might seem incredible to us that you go whole day, a whole day and, and you haven't thought about where your child is, or in this case, Mary and Joseph not thinking about where Jesus is, and they went a whole day without noticing that he was missing. And praise God, Mary and Joseph did the right thing. They made the right decision. They took the right course of action. They sought him, the Bible says, among their kinsmen and acquaintance. It's the first thing you would do. The crowd that is going home now, he's been missing for a day. The first place that we'll, we'll try is the rest of the company. He's maybe with a friend. He's maybe with somebody else. So we'll just search out. And of course, he wasn't found. And as Mary says here, they sought him sorrowing. Sought him sorrowing. And it took three days before they found him. So easy to suppose that, that Christ is near. We can just go on in the journey of life and not, not really understand somehow he's missing. He, he's not with us just the way that We've sensed him and known him to be. And you, you can travel. Oh, dear Christian, you can travel for a whole day, maybe even longer. And the Lord is not there the way that you should desire. And maybe not even noticing it. And you haven't been seeking him out. And you haven't been desiring fellowship with him. And you haven't been enjoying sweet communion with the Lord. You haven't been sitting at his feet. 
and drawing up close to him. It will only bring sorrow, as they did with Mary when, when she discovered he's not there, and they, they try to find him with sorrow in their heart. Where is he? Where could he be? We ought to, when we sense that the Lord is not near to us the way that he once was, we, we have drifted, we have, we have been negligent some way to, to allow the Lord to drift away from us. We ought to seek for him. And we ought to seek with sorrow until we find him. I wonder, am I talking to someone today and you've let your fellowship times with Jesus slip? So easy to do. And when it happens one day, it can happen the next day and the next day. And before you know it, before you know it, and, and this is incredible that it could happen to a Christian, the Bible's not open from one week to another. I would dare say that's not something that you're experiencing, but it may be, it may be unknown to me or anyone else here, your family or friends, that as a professing Christian, you, you can go on on the journey for a day, two days, three days, and, and not even open up the Bible and seek out the Lord and fellowship with him. It can happen. And consequently, the Lord withdraws and he's standing there at a distance. You need to seek him. You need to put things right. And get back into fellowship with him. Do the right thing. And seek him out with all of your heart. Can I say just a few things very quickly in closing? As we think of Mary, she exhorted others to obey Christ. In the Gospel of John and there's a couple of references in John that we'll turn to and a couple of points I want to make as we close. Chapter 2 and verse 5, it's the record of the first miracle, the turning of the water into wine. You remember his mother in verse 5 said to the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. This is the kind of woman that Mary was. This is the kind of person, now all these years later, and uh, time has passed by, a few decades have passed by. The Lord has just begun his earthly ministry. And so Mary is in her mid-40s, and she loves Christ, loves him more than, than most, I'm sure, not only being her Savior, but being her son. And she gives this advice to others, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And that's good advice. For you that are older, maybe you're a mother, a grandmother, maybe you're a senior figure in the church, you've been saved for a long time, and you want to talk to others about the Lord, you want to give instruction to them, maybe it's a family member, or some friend, some acquaintance, you couldn't give them better advice than whatever he says, do. And always bring them to Christ, and to his commands and to obeying him. And then, going a few years forward, now to the cross, Mary watched Jesus die. And again, it's John that tells us this in chapter 19 and verse 25. There stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and then a few other women are mentioned, but right there at the cross, this woman so blessed of bringing Jesus into the world, so favored among the others, 
is now watching her beloved son, her beloved Savior, dying at the cross of Calvary. And if we can make some application, I want to say to you, believer, you should often be there. You should often be in the shadow of the cross, watching Jesus die, and remembering the real purpose of him coming into the world, to make a difference in our lives by bringing salvation and eternal life through the great work that he did at the cross. Oh, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. May that be our desire and the love of our hearts. Abide in the shadow of Calvary. Learn from Mary. She watched Jesus die. Sing about him often. And then one final little thought. She attended the prayer meeting. When you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 14, we learn of the great prayer meeting that took place on the day of Pentecost. The 120 people that were there, the disciples of Christ, his brethren. Well, you know, Mary gets a mention. It's the last mention that we have of her in the Bible. Where is she? She's in the prayer meeting. And I say to all our ladies, young and old, I say to all our men too, here's a place where you ought to be. And if you're going to learn from Mary, this woman that was so blessed, so favored by the Lord, to bring Christ into the world, I want you to mark she was at the prayer meeting. And it was a prayer meeting that called down the power of God and saw the Holy Spirit descend. And we need prayer meetings like that again. And we need a work like that again when the Spirit of God comes. So, dear ladies and gentlemen too, don't be an absentee at the prayer meeting of the church, for it is the powerhouse of the church, and that's where the business is done. These are just some of the thoughts, as I thought about Mary, that we can learn, that we can emulate, that we can follow. May the Lord help us to be godly, just like she was, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Who is he in yonder stall, number 87, at whose feet the shepherds fall? Tis the Lord, a wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At his feet we humbly fall. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. <clears throat> Let's rise to sing. sorrowing of the church, where do we bring them? We bring them to the Lord. Verse 2. Father, we thank thee for your word. We thank you for the family of Jesus and the things that we can learn. 
We thank thee for this young woman, Mary, and a godly young woman as a teenager she was, and growing on, on into further adulthood and still displaying those, those marks of godliness. Help us to be like her. We pray that we will read about her in the scriptures and that it won't end there, but we will say, Lord, make us like her in the good and the godly qualities that she had. Make every woman in this congregation a Mary. And Lord, as we separate now the one from the other, take us to our homes in safety and bless this afternoon in the carol singing and tonight in our special service, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Need um, some of my grandchildren to help out if you haven't forgotten. If Florentina wants to come and help also, I know she doesn't understand what I'm saying, but we can prompt her and you can meet her at the door. Thank you.